With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stretty Cast. Another special guest lined up this week, Jamie Jackson of The Guardian. Jamie, how are you doing? Uh, the launch of your new book we're going to discuss and it's been a challenging time for Manchester United. But firstly, how, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Adele. How are you? Good, good. I suppose the, the mood has lifted a small bit since just prior to the international break with the win over Everton and coming back then, the win over West Brom. But to, 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 to get into things, you look at Manchester United under Solskjaer and you've just done a, a brilliant biography on, on the man himself. His reign today has been a matter of lots of ups and downs. He came in with a, with a great form, that dipped started last season what wasn't the best but then towards the end it really picked up for you yeah. as someone covering the club why are we so inconsistent well I think why you're so inconsistent is, is it's a, a pretty major rebuild job he had to do and is still doing although it's not as major now obviously because he's you know a year and a half well actually two years next month down the road of that Actually, you'd probably say a year and a half because he didn't sign his permanent contract until March of 2019. Mm. But yes, I think it is to do with this. I think if you look at Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, it was four years, I think, before he won a a trophy. Even the great Ferguson took four years. Now, I know Mourinho, for example, took, uh, was it his first season? But it's interesting because if you look at the difference between Mourinho at United and Spurs, at Spurs, I would suggest he went into a squad that was kind of ready. You know, all right, you needed the odd player, but you've got Kane, you've got Son, You've got the goalkeeper, he's the World Cup winning captain, you know, uh, Loris. Whereas the United he had, yeah, he could do a short fix of winning the Europa League and I think it was the EFL Cup, but in terms of winning the league, no chance, not, not, not in that time frame. And so I really think that's what's going on with Solskjaer because by definition, unless you're up there challenging, you know, week in, week out, winning basically every game, every other game, so, sorry, most, most games, you're going to be inconsistent, right? And, and I hear what you're saying because it's like, how can you be so bad against Spurs and then completely sort of eviscerate Leipzig, beat PSG at their place, and then, you know, back down to earth with, with the uh, the defeat uh, in Turkey. But I do think it's because it's a long-term thing. And, you know, I've got to say, I do admire the patience the club is showing with the patience, you know, that they have with Solskjaer. 
it's a different debate if, you know, and you may well ask me if I think he's the right man, but whether you think he's the right man or not, if you're a fan of United or a fan of football, I'm not a fan of United, but I'm a fan of football, obviously. Mm-hmm. You've got to admire that, 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 that they've dug in their heels a little bit here, and I think they will continue to do so. So, But yeah, I think that's the answer why, because, it, it, you know, he's having to basically go through that team and more or less replace every position. We know it's a difficult job. That's not rocket science. It's the biggest job in football, and there's so much pressure on him. But with that comes also, whenever there's a, a bad result or two, that name pops up and the Mauricio Pochettino rumours just, they won't go away. You mentioned the club have dug in the heels, they're backing them. A fellow journalist, Andy Mitten, has come out and said they have no intention whatsoever of sacking Solskjaer right now. Are you hearing the same? And, and, and do you think in order for a club to move forward long term, that's the right move to stick by Solskjaer? Yes and yes is the answer to that. So Andy's got that right as far as I understand it. You know, A, the no intention of Solskjaer going anywhere. B, they, they haven't made any contact at all with Pochettino. Again, you know, look at what Pochettino at Spurs, Spurs did. Champions League final, brilliant, but he hasn't actually won anything. Look at what Mourinho's doing. And again, I know it's early there. Uh, I don't quite get this Pochettino thing because he's never won anything. Solskjaer has won stuff, um, you know, and I don't see how he comes in Pochettino. And it's, apart from anything else, that squad is not ready to win the title, otherwise it would be doing so, be going very close. Uh, so what I'm saying is Pochettino comes in, it's, it's sort of a couple of steps back at the very, very least, but while he sort of addresses what he thinks that the team needs. I mean, I go back to this Ferguson example. Certain football people, fans or otherwise, United, I'm not saying yourself, don't <laughs> to hear this stat about Ferguson taking four years but, to win a first choice, but he actually took seven, seven, Dale, to win the first title. You know, and that's the great, easily the greatest manager that this this... You know, our, our aisles have seen, and if not the world, certainly got an argument for the world. I don't care who you are. You know, it took seven years. Um, and I'm not saying Solskjaer will take seven years on, or will get seven years, but I think that's quite a good barometer of, because I think it's a similar sort of job, to be honest. My first book on United was on the sort of the post-Ferguson immediately, the Moyes, the Van Hal and Mourinho coming in. And you still, it's just about starting to kind of come out of the absolute massive shock of losing, as I say, this absolute genius who, mm. who probably is underrated what he did, despite all the praise and rightly so, you know, he received. Ferguson was an absolute phenomenon. You're never going to see anyone like him again, I don't think, in our lifetimes. Um, and he's just starting to come out of that. And I think Solskjaer, you know, he may not win um, the title. I, I think he's got a good chance of, but what I'm saying is I think, you know, they, but they really believe that they, this guy has got something. And, and I, I do as well. And, you know, you're going to get, if you're going to get any real success, you're going to get ups and downs, as you just just described. But if you think about it, I know it's Manchester United. I get I get all that. It's massive, absolutely massive club. You know, brilliant players. What a, it's just what an amazing club. But, you know, it still doesn't mean that you're going to automatically get a title with a new manager within the year, first two years. So it will take time. It'll definitely take time. But from the moment he came in, and I know there hasn't been any silverware just yet, but... It, I think he's done a remarkable job in terms of making the team a lot more likeable. There was a time under Mourinho and towards the end, even when Soldier first came in, the defeat against Everton, it just looked like this team was capable of really dropping their head. And there was times then away that season that they didn't really acknowledge the travelling fans after a defeat or a draw. And it became really a team that, even as a fan, that you fell out of love with. What Soldier yeah. has done and he's done in his first summer was and he got rid of a few bad eggs 
And he's definitely made the dressing room more united. And as you can see, even though results aren't perfect, you're not hearing reports of unrest within the dressing room. And that's, that, that's rare, isn't it? It is rare. I mean, there's two things. It wasn't just the team. Listen, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say they're unlikable, but I hear what you're saying. It was an unhappy, let's say it was an unhappy dressing room under Mourinho, because I think that's true. But it was also an unhappy club, Dale. And, I'm, you know, you don't need me to tell you that you won't, in any sort of business, but especially sport, which depends on the confidence of players and the sort of feel-good spirit and, and a kind of sense of togetherness, you, you don't get anywhere if, if all of the, you know, if the off-field stuff isn't happy either. So what I'm saying is, you know, the staff there, whatever kind of area of the club weren't happy. It just wasn't a particularly, you know, I know a lot of people there. I'm lucky enough to, you know, to, to cover them. I've done for sort of seven, eight years now. I know a heck of a lot of people there. And it, it's, it's like apples and pears now. And he basically did that straight away. And I tell you what, he keeps on, I think, playing these sort of mini blinders. So for example... There was an expectation, he's only human, that maybe, you know, this is from some at the club, that maybe Solskjaer might at least hint at some sort of, how can I say, disquiet, unhappy, disappointment, let's say, at not getting Sancho, because he was disappointed. But, you know, people like me had a little sort of, <laughs> a little question or two. You wouldn't be human. I think I remember asking once if you weren't disappointed or you weren't sort of, I can't remember, I wouldn't use the word exasperated. But what I'm trying to say is, never. And, and because what that's about is he's... Unlike, say, Mourinho, who basically did sulk and didn't like the fact that he wasn't giving Maguire, which actually I have some sympathy for, you know, but he did kind of go public with those sort of disgruntlements. Solskjaer's mindset is, right, I'm the manager of this club. Whatever I have, I'm going to try and manage, and I'm going to try and win the title with. And that's what I have, because it's actually counterproductive to sort of have a little moan, because you get the people like Woodward thinking, wait a minute, you know, is this guy actually sort of loyal to me in the club? But it also doesn't, doesn't help the dressing room. And that's, again, something that, maybe doesn't get too uh, reported on or spoken about just because it's a little bit unfashionable if someone's actually sort of quite calm. But he is, and you're right about the players. You've only got to go back to, you know, to the 6-1 defeat to Spurs. Mm. No, he, he he defended the T. I take full responsibility. Then they go to Newcastle and win. I think they win the last the next three and maybe drew another one. Um so, you know, they do really like him. You get nothing uh, automatically for being nice or being liked. But I tell you what, you need you need the players on side, obviously. that I think, you know, the more he goes on there, the more powerful it becomes and the more it becomes kind of his club, sort of more so than anyone since Ferguson, if you understand what I mean. Oh, absolutely. It's something that you brought up in the beginning of the book, Jamie. Obviously, the book, The Red Apprentice, um, Oddie Got a Social. Yeah. The making of Manchester United's great hope. It's all good bookstores, and I really recommend it for Christmas. There's a part in the beginning of the book which I thought was really interesting. You, you talk about Mulder's gung-ho style and a team who could suffer defensively. Now, a lot of footballers that go into management will, will look back to, I suppose, their bedding into football as a whole, and he had Ferguson as manager and, and so on. But, but this gung-ho style, a team that could suffer defensively, at times, you've seen that with him as United manager, and there's there's a mention in the paragraph beneath that they, they, they suffered a seven nil humiliation. And I was thinking after reading that we just we just lost six one to Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's interesting about the defense because it was kind of half decent last season, I would say. But I did notice Maguire making the odd mistake here and there. It didn't necessarily cost goals. You know, a lot, but they did the odd, odd time. There was one game after lockdown, was it Southampton, where you kind of conceded in, in added time? Anyway, but yeah, I mean, you know, this this season it's tightening up a bit, but you know, you shouldn't be, 
no team really. I mean, you can have an off day, but you shouldn't really be losing, you know, six, especially at home, especially if you're Manchester United. Don't. So, so, you know, that, that was awful. But again, I think that's another area he has to address. I think Lindelof and Maguire, for me, it's one of those two and another who's really, really lightning fast and, you know, is, you know, almost like a sort of Van Dyke, you know, that, that good. I don't, those two as a partnership, I, there is weaknesses there. We've seen them exposed. Mm. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's just interesting you mentioned there about the gung-ho thing and, you know, losing 6-1. What, what I see quite a lot is, oh, Solskjaer doesn't have a plan. You know, well, what is the team trying to do? Well, you know, I'm lucky enough to be going to these matches, you know, in this sort of lockdown period where fans sadly haven't been allowed in. And I, you know, how can I say, without, without, in an empty stadium, you kind of, you can sort of almost perceive more what is going on, obviously, because isn't the noise of the fans, you, you just feel closer. And what I'm trying to say is, is I can see what they're trying to do in the flesh when, I, when I'm there. You know, it's supposed to be a fast, quick-moving uh, play, which, you know, isn't just about counter-attack, which again is a criticism level there. You know, it's about breaking teams down, getting in behind. So there is a plan there. But I understand that, to a certain extent, until he wins something, there'll always be this thing that, you know, you take your pick, a mini Ferguson, tactically naive, you know, hasn't got a plan, only has one way of playing. But, you know, if you read the biography, I don't know if you've read it all, but, if you you know, I talked to players from Mulder, you know, where he, where he won the title in Norway, when, when he took the reserve team, it had a very young Paul Pogba in it, for example. And, you know, I talked to uh, Oliver Norwood, who's in that team, now at Sheffield mm. United. You know, and he was saying, look, it, it, this is back then, obviously, you know, 2008-ish, 2009, he was asking players to play in, opposite position or different positions to, to their own to understand tactically what it meant so you know th- 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 this guy you know he's smart and you know I, th- I think I think he is intelligent I just it's, it's always interesting one this Dale because obviously we don't have this at the moment but I do think there's a difference in, and I think you'll agree with this hopefully there's a difference between the, the match day going fan who goes to Old Trafford yes and maybe the one Who's on, who's on social media, who, you know, mm. maybe, unfortunately, gets the game, you know, when fans are allowed in, but it's maybe a little bit more knee-jerky. And, and, but to a certain extent, that's the, that's the voice at the moment anyway that's being heard a lot, isn't it? Because obviously there's no fans in the stadium. I've been in that stadium loads of times when there were fans, and even the results were, were duff, etc. Of course fans aren't happy, and they're allowed to sort of, you know, boo or, you know, say this isn't good enough. But they've never, ever turned against Solskjaer. And I think that's, a, you know, I think he... He understands the fans. He loves that club. And I think fans of United, you know, I won't say proper fans, but, you know, ones who are sort of really tuned into it, yeah. you know, get, get something out of that. And I think that's important. I think that's been a, the smartest thing I think Woodward has done is recruit Solskjaer, basically, since um, uh, Ferguson left. And even with social, and you mentioned social media, it's somewhere where I've been banging my head lately and thinking, how can people be so disrespectful? And when they, when some people speak about him, they, they totally forget that this is also a club icon and people can throw out the spade that, oh, it buys them time. It, yeah, maybe it does. But isn't that, isn't that an amazing thing that you've done something for a club the size of Manchester United and that's buying you time in a position? Also, he, he's a relatively inexperienced manager but what I've seen so far has been encouraging in, in a sense that yes over the coming years he will learn more Ferguson had to learn more and, and, and the manager in which a lot of people want to replace him Pochettino let's not forget he has an awful lot to learn as well mm. well it's interesting there because I, you know this, this sort of thing you said there about oh, it buys him some time you know related to that or part of that same argument is oh he's only there because he, he scored the goal in 99 and he, you know he, oh, you know, he's only there because he's only got a social. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's that is part of the point. <laughs> you know, he understands the club. Yeah, he feels at home. He's not intimidated by it. He, he, he held his own in, in a phenomenal squad of players that had Roy Keane, Cantona, you know, Beckham, Skulls. 
right, he wasn't first choice, but he was an important part of that team. He was an integral part of the, the you know the treble winning side, not just the goal, the goal, but you know the FA Cup final, uh, the league campaign. You know, he, and he has a history there. He was a top player. You know, let's, let's not forget this. He wasn't the very. He was not talking his elite, but he was a top player. You don't you don't play for Ferguson for ten or eleven years. You know, without being a proper footballer, and he learned from it, and he's intelligent. And that's hopefully. I don't know if you've gone all the way through the biography, but I, I've had a couple, well, quite a few responses from from people on Twitter or wherever said, "Oh, now I've read about this guy. I, I, could, I sort of understand him more." And it, you know, um, I, 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 now I give him more of a chance. And that's the whole idea of a biography or something like this. You actually you go behind, you know, what what is sort of out there anyway, and you sort of mm. talk to people who've actually had experience. You know, the, the, the lads at Cardiff, you know, when he had that half a season there and they got relegated, well, they, they still rate him. They still love him. They still He still had an effect on them, not just as a footballer, but as a human being. That's Doesn't that powerful. say a lot? Yeah, that says an awful lot. And, and it's, it's the Cardiff thing is thrown at him, and we're thrown at him immediately when he got the job, or oh, mm. his form as Premier League manager. But, but that insight that you provided in the book is something that was not mentioned, that, that these players actually were fond of Solskjaer and, and, and still, still like him. Exactly, and that's, that's obviously the team that, you know, which they were part of, which they probably suffered one of their career lowlights. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting what one of the players uh, tells me about kind of what Solskjaer told him, you know, the reason why he had to leave him out of, of at least one team, which Solskjaer has never sort of said publicly. He's always completely, you know, taken responsibility. And I think to a certain extent that shows the mark of, of the man, you know, that, that he never never has looked for, for excuses. And I think it's very important for him to, to have that experience. What's interesting, after Cardiff, he, once they write, he wrote off his chances of being United manager, because that's you know that would have been his dream when he went into coaching. But he sort of thought, well, maybe not quite for me. But he still, you know, so he went back to Norway and had this year, year off or whatever it was, went back to Mulder in management. And, you know, what he did there, sort of, you know, again, with the reserve team stuff and, you know, his, his previous record at Mulder and being a United player, this is what attracted him. Um, I think it's, it's an interesting, um, put it another way around, I don't really see if he's if he's continued to give him time and, and most of the players, you can't always get every player. You know, I don't really see him not winning a trophy and then I, I do, you know, you look at this season, right? You, maybe not you because, you know, you, you, you're sort of looking at it quite analytically but you never know what might happen this season. If you win your game in hand, I think you're only four points behind the lead. Yeah. Correct. I'm not saying you're going to win it, but you just don't know. Yeah, that team clicks like it can, and, and like it did consistently before and after lockdown, you know, after Christmas, after January. Well, you know, let's see. So what I'm saying is, is you, you might not get particularly close this season, but you might do. But next season, you know, that's 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 more of a build. I, I, you know, if Mourinho couldn't do it, I'm not sure Solskjaer could do it in two years. You know, it's just, just doesn't work like that now. Jamie, one of the questions that I was asked to put to you is, do you know what Solskjaer's version of the hairdryer is? Well, I think it's more of a sort of, if it's interesting, what, 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 what's opposite the hairdryer? It'd be more like a sort of, um, I've, I've heard he can hand out a rollicker, but I think it's more of a sort of quiet, you know, um, word, which makes the, the player, because, because, because they sort of, you know, like him and want, want to do well for him, almost sort of feel like they've let themselves down. So I think he's quite good at just, 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 Picking and choosing when when to sort of stick it in there, but you know you can't stick it in there. Trust me, I, you know. Again, talking to players who were, were I think it was at, at Mulder, you know, one or two times 
very rare he did actually properly not not lose it but you know had a right old go in the dressing room basically because he weren't playing the way he, he wanted to and did, did you see yeah i don't know if you noticed that foot there's some the footage video. around the train yeah well <laughs> well i was gonna say the lingard one was it against the game last season and he basically i think it's city actually it might oh, be city yes. in the efl cup the, the semi-final at your place and he saw i think it's that game anyway he's saying to him one more time and you're off and you know that's it's Again, he picks his, his time because he hardly ever leaves his seat, does he? It's not like Van yeah. Hal who never who never left it. But that famous time he fell down. <laughs> um, you remember, you know, sort of making a, a play act. But yeah, so I think he's he's more of a sort of quiet, steely, oh dear, making the player feel like, oh, why have I done that? I've sort of you know let let him down, kind of thing. What is the difference, the soldier you see in front of the media and behind the scenes? Because something I've noticed since he's become manager, uh, it's one thing at the top of my head is when it comes to, to injuries. He doesn't give an, an awful lot away with updates. Pogba was left on the long finger for a while. I think McTominay was the same without really... He didn't really give us a return date. So he, he keeps cards close to his chest. But from a kind of more personal sense of dealing with him, what, what is he like? I think he's very similar to what you see. You know, I think he's a genuinely nice guy. I mean, he's really, really well liked there. Um, and as I say, there's a lot to be said for that. So I think what you see on camera... It's basically what 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 he's like to his friends, you know, behind the scenes, away from the cameras. Um, and you know what I mentioned there about the injuries. I think that's just part of you know managers. He'll pick and pick and choose, but I think he is he's a natural with the media. He's better over the media, even though Mourinho's great copy because it's Mourinho and he just can't help himself for all sorts of reasons. And um, I think Solskjaer, you see, you see the way Mourinho ended up. I think that that really quite upset people like Woodward and the executives there because he felt like, you know, United really should be have been a little bit friendlier and having a little bit more, I mean, this was never said to me, but, you know, a little bit more class sometimes than maybe Mourinho was presenting. And I think Solskjaer's just, that, that's just the way he is. I think he benefits a lot, or benefited a lot from having a dad who was sort of a very successful kind of wrestler at international mm-hmm. level for Norway. And so he grew up in, a, in an environment where, maybe not a spotlight, but, you know, being an elite athlete was kind of normal and what, what that entails. Um, and I, you know, I think he's got a, quite a, well, he has got a very sunny personality. Um, but he's not, I think, you know, you'll have read the book or you've read some of it by the sound of it. As I sort of mentioned, all right, in, in, in the very opening, I think, he's smart enough to understand all this criticism that comes at him. And I think, you know, all the different charges, but he doesn't, in fact, to a certain extent, I think he kind of welcomes it because while that, all that's going on, he, he's, he's, in his mind, getting on with the job of trying to make United, you know, brilliant again. You mentioned in the book too that he, he he's fond of reading books on managers, um, Klopp, yeah. Guardiola, and so so. Hopefully, he'll pick pick up a copy of his own for Christmas. Um, <laughs> I, I, I sent him one the other day, so oh, oh, hopefully he's stuck in the middle of it. Uh, Jamie, before before we go, I want I want to touch a bit on the summer that was just gone. There's been a lot lot said about Manchester United's activity. It kind of was. A bit it seemed a bit rushed at the end, but the, the whole plan, which was to set out at the start of the summer, we thought we were going to get Jadon Sancho. That didn't happen. Mm. Do you think that even with the figures that came out recently, and even though things in the market still don't look great, do you see Manchester United going back in for Sancho in January or even next summer? Or do you think that one, with the way things went, is is dead in the water? Good question. No, I don't think it's dead in the water, but I do think Liverpool are interested now. Whether Jota. You know, being so brilliant for him has changed that at all. But, you know, I think there is, 
Yeah, listen, I don't know this one hundred percent, but yeah. that was a big opportunity to to to, to, to take him one hundred percent. You know, basically. But you mentioned the figures. Yeah, I mean, I was told it was the best part of two five zero million euros if you factor in yeah agents' fees, wages, yeah. you name it. Now you could argue, you you know, if you have him for ten years, it's essential. Obviously, you may well earn that back. But you know, you never know. And I think to I put it another way, I wasn't completely convinced that. Sancho was the marquee sign. Don't get me wrong, he would, he would enhance your team, which is why you sign any player, right? To make you better, of course. But all I'm trying to say is if there was a spare, let's say, it, you know, total with the wages, 120 million flying around, maybe a centre-back would have been better um, looked at. But anyway, yeah, I think I don't think that's dead. I think it might be difficult to get him in January because they always are, but I, do, I don't think it's dead at all. And it's interesting, you know, because it just happened today, but they're talking about, you know, they may well be able to get 4,000 fans in, in Old Trafford as a start, you know, because we're going to come out of this lockdown. It depends on what tier. But, you know, so what I'm trying to say, Dale, is by the time you get to next summer, hopefully, please God, life is back to normal. People are healthy. And, yeah, you know, the fans are, are back, at, back at Old Trafford, you know, f- full. And if, what I'm trying to say, if all that's in place, then, then they, they will be on a firmer financial footing. I mean, you know, it was characterised to me that... Um, the reason why they didn't do this is because of the uncertainty financially. Now, you know, you could have an argument, and I think it's, it's true, that the Glazers take a, the dividend out. Was it 23 million a year? Well, there's 23 million that could have been thrown at this transfer. I get that. But anyway, that's that's where, you know, the, the, the club is. And so maybe it's, it seemed like a quite a prudent decision if they, you know, they, they took out that loan, didn't they? I don't know if you yes. sort of read about that. They took 150 million loan if they wanted to use, you know, for... For, for, they didn't end up using it. Um, I can't remember. Was it Bank of America? Anyway, so I think next summer, yeah, they may well go back for him. Whether you get him, let's wait and see. <laughs> for me, going into the transfer window and looking how we finished last season, I was really optimistic about our chances this season. And I, and I really I was hopeful that the, it was a matter of the board getting behind Solskjaer because, like, what we've been speaking about for the last half an hour or so, it, it's quite clear that we, we admire Solskjaer. Um, and I really want, I'm desperate to see him succeed at Manchester United. But mm. it, it, it was a sake for me that it, it was almost like a transfer window you really did not want to happen. And there's so many factors. You have the, the pandemic, some question marks over the way Manchester United do business as well. And I just feel that if it is the case that he loses his job this season, I'm forever going to look back at that transfer window with a lot of what ifs. What if he? What if? What if he got exactly the players that he wanted? And what if it wasn't the case that there was a pandemic and there was a pre-season and they got their business done a bit earlier, and we weren't rushing around the end of the transfer market for a 33-year-old centre forward? Um, yes. So many what ifs because I've I I think I've seen enough work with Solskjaer in in the first year and a half or so. I actually think he's a good enough manager. I, 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 maybe I'm talking complete rubbish, but I do think I've seen small signs of progress, in, maybe not just on the pitch, but all around the club. And for the bigger picture, that makes for a massive improvement to the unrest that was there when Mourinho was there. You mentioned how, how Woodward and the likes weren't happy with, I suppose, how it was coming across and the way he was yes. in the media. And yes. Then, at the end of the day, it's Manchester United. You should have a bit of dignity and professionalism about the way you carry yourself. Um, as well as that, I, I remember reading a quote from Sir Bobby Charlton when, when, when Ferguson was in charge. 
And it was something mm. along the lines that he wouldn't want Jose Mourinho in charge because of what he did at Barcelona when he, or Real Madrid when he poked Thiel. Villanova. Yeah, I, if I can just jump in, I happened to do that interview, which you said that with another with a colleague of mine from the Daily Mail called Ian Ladyman. Yes. It was, uh, was it? It was somewhere quite near where I am here. Sort of in, not on true. Anyway, but yeah, he sort of said he doesn't like him that much. He yeah. said about Ferguson and Mourinho. Um, so sorry, go on, you're going to make a point. So the, the whole point is it, 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 it's massively important. People just look at results and all that. But the way in which you carry yourself, Soldier has spoken for some time about his long-term view for this club. And I think in order to, to, to get everything right, he also needs to carry himself in a certain way. And I can't mm. fault that. I, I can't fault that. And I, the criticism leveled at him a lot of the time. You mentioned it briefly at the start of this, that is this team ready to win league titles? I don't think so. Uh, but the the expectation is for him to do so. Mm. It's mm. unfair. Mm. I think the criticism is very harsh. It, it, most people can agree this team is isn't isn't up there with City and Liverpool. Um, yeah. It's not it's not there on on a chemistry point of view, and it's not there on individual brilliance either. It, it it's a long way off. So I think the job he did last season. People forget we finished third, third best team in England last season, and a lot of people would have took that to start that campaign. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say about City, that this amazing City team, you're actually, you're actually ahead of them. Yes. And yes. I, you know, I, said, I, said, um, I said before the season started, so I'm not just saying this now, I, th- I think, I thought then, and obviously you've been seeing it, I think they will struggle, City. So, so there you go, that's the cyclical nature of football. And, you know, Manchester United will 100% rise again to be right up there winning titles, left, right, and so they just will. You know, I don't, and no way will it take them as long as Liverpool. I think, I think Solskjaer is heading in the right. You just said third then. As you just said, did anyone really expect them to finish above City or Liverpool? No way. So what else could you do? Finish the best of the best. I know it's not winning the title, but you can't do any better than that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be doing the game tomorrow, lucky enough to be at the uh, Old Trafford, the Istanbul return. Let's hope you beat them. And then suddenly you've got nine points. You're more or less, not completely, but you're more or less f- through there. To, you know, you'll be in that competition after Christmas and then in the last 16. That's pretty, that's pretty decent. Yeah, you will lost three semi-finals, you know, and I, I was at the Europa League one, for example. You ran out of puff to a certain extent. I, I think, yeah, I think you just said it right then. I think people would have taken third last season and, he, and that's what he got. But, you know, we, not, not, not you or I, but a lot of people think, I, you know what it is sometimes, and I can understand this because it's human nature, but some people don't want to be proved wrong. So they set out this all. You know, when sort of Solskjaer had to say his first massive slump, which was after the PSG first yes. victory, basically, the season before last. And, oh, he's no good. And then they don't really want to have to face that they might have got that wrong. I'm not saying I'm right at all, but what I'm saying is, is you know, sometimes you can be wrong. You just sort of say, OK, well, you know, let's see where, where this goes. But having done the biography, I am, you know, people say well, it's only because you've done the biography. But yeah, it is only because I've done the biography because I've actually studied him in depth. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what... You know, to a certain extent, it's almost like if you're going to headhunt someone, you go away and do in-depth research. Well, I've done that to the nth degree. I've spoke to between 40 and 50 people who have either played with him, friends of his, coaches of his, you know, you name it, etc., etc. And that's why I've come out of the event thinking this guy is an impressive individual. And I think United, you know, it might just turn out to be a masterstroke. Before I let you go, Jamie, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. On the book, what was your biggest challenge? From, from start to finish, what was your biggest challenge? <laughs> such a good question. I'll tell you what it is, right? You sign a really, really generous deal with Simon Schuster, one of the top publishers in the world, and you've got to actually do it. <laughs> so, so, so your agent pulls off this amazing deal, and you know, you, you, 
keep, keeps you in polo mints for a few years, let's put it that way. But then you've actually got to, but at the same time, that's the most exciting thing. So the biggest challenge really actually is getting people, is, fine, is actually, yeah, what is the story of the biography going to be? Because even though it's a biography, so it's about him. You can, you know, if you did it, Dale, you'd have a different take on him and his story to me probably. And that, that's fine. That, that, you know, that's the beauty of it. So you're working out all the time. I've never done a biography before. I, I write fiction. I don't know if you know as yeah. well. I write novels, and that, you know that's, that's my that's I will say fiction is my baby, and, and not nonfiction is like my my sort of sort of set, sort of second uh, love. But I've never done a biography before, so I was, I was kind of learning that a little bit as I went along. But it's very enjoyable. But yeah, the biggest challenge really is is a bit of a logistical juggling act, you know, because you just have to. Decide what the story is, what the chapters are going to be, who to speak to, and then go out and get all that material and then start writing it. And it's like, you know, I think it's the best part of 100,000 words. So there's a lot of 5 a.m. starts. <laughs> yeah, 5 a.m. starts. I was going to ask, what would your schedule? Because obviously you're, you're the lead Manchin writer for The Guardian. You're writing this book, which I don't know what your time frame was for the book, but that must have been a, a really busy year, year and a half or so. Yeah, I mean, do you know what, right? So that's absolutely amazing. I've got to say, I, I actually did not want to do this at the beginning, not because of the subject, because I wanted to concentrate on fiction in my spare time. Mm. But when I started to think about it, the more I thought, wait a minute, why? What? Yeah, just do this. This is going to be a great experience. But what I'm getting to say is through doing it, I've now, so I had to get up at five, basically. So basically get up at five, do about an hour, an hour and a half. And then I got, I, I run every day. I got to do like nine or 10 cans a day. So by the time I've done all that, it's about seven 30 and I'm ready for the day with my kids and you not know, working. But what I'm saying is since I finished doing it, I, I'm still getting up at five and writing my fiction. So it's been absolutely brilliant because without wanting to sound cheesy or corny, that time of the day is amazing. Dale, Cause you know, it's like five, five 30. There's not many people around. It's either getting light or it's going to get light. It's dark. The birds are singing. And you know, I'm, I happen to live in a village. So it's been an amazing bonus just, I just realised I'm not quite as lazy as I thought I was. <laughs> no, it's the same in, in the case of the last few months since I, I've welcomed the baby in the house. I've been getting up at half five myself for a, a walk with a dog and I, I love it. There you go. I love it. <laughs> Brilliant. So there's the advice from, from the podcast. Get out early at half five with your dog or whatever you have. Get walking. Definitely. Jamie, how can people follow you on Twitter? And if you want to work people buy the book, I know Amazon, we'll have links on the blog for, for the book as well coming up to Christmas. So how can people follow you on social media? Yeah, okay. So my, my handle for Twitter and Instagram, which would be great if people could follow me, is, is my name, all one word, Jamie Jackson, three underscores after Jackson. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, um, if you if you go to Amazon, that's probably one of the best you know because we're in a lockdown but it was, i've not actually seen it in bookshops because we were in lockdown obviously when it came out but yeah all bookshops or online bookshops will be like smith guardian books you name it you, you, you can buy it i think at the moment the hardbacks maybe got a few, a few quid off it's about 15 16 pound um it's up to people really but i'd like to think you know there's a, well there's a lot of stuff in there that i didn't know so i think there's a lot of fresh stuff in there and then, you know hopefully whether you whether you are in you know whether you think he's the greatest manager or not he, i always say his life it's kind of full of true fairy tales. It's a fair, true fairy tale that he ever went to United from from Malden, being from this little village, fishing village called Christiansund. Absolute true fairy tale that he scored this goal that, that won you the treble. I mean, come on, in the, in the dying seconds, ridiculous. And, then, and a true fairy tale when he comes back as caretaker, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, really. And then a true fairy tale that he gets the job. So, you know, hopefully in the writing, some of that sort of uh, story, if you like, comes across. Jamie... 
when I picked up this book, when it was sent to me originally, I was kind of asking myself, would you would do it most biography? What can I learn from this book that I don't know about Soldier already? And there is, there is, there's plenty of bits in this book. So, so I do recommend people going out. It's a great Christmas gift for any of your loved ones as well. They're trying to start out this year. Jamie, finally, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate the chat. And we'll have you back on the Cast sometime soon. Please do. Thank, thank you very much, Dale. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.